Welcome back to Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. And I'm glad it is a short week because now we can already think ahead, even though it is primetime football against, you know, arguably the best team in the NFC, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, it is a short week, so we, at least we have an opportunity to even the field, get to 500 um, and get, you know, the gross, embarrassing loss from the Buccaneers um, on Sunday out and away and then we have 10 days of hopefully happiness i'd say even if we lose but we play really well i'll take that as a win right no no i think they have to win for me to be happy or yeah no i think yeah no actually saying it out loud i i I retract my statement because yeah i mean i'm thinking if we lose close that's just going to hurt more and then if you get blown out it's going to hurt so yeah i i think no matter what um it's going to hurt but um there was as now that it's been what monday i guess it's only been two days since the loss i will say um we played worse than we are, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I don't think we are going to be consistently that bad. No, and I think there were some there were some silver linings too, honestly, because the the, the offense averaged almost six yards per play, which was the second highest in the NFL. You got that so, from Herbert Daly. I did. Um, so the six yards per play, second highest in the NFL, and this was the first time. So that's offensive side. This was the first time the defense allowed less than 250 total yards since 2020. Um, so this is the yeah. first time that the defense has looked this good since, you know, the, the really good Mike Zimmer years, 2019, 2018, 2017, those years. Um, and you look at the box score and you think that they should have beat the Bucks. You know, they outscored, they outgained them by 120 yards. The yards per play was insane. You look, oh, we really rushed the ball bad. And then you look at the Bucks and they rushed 2.2 yards per, per carry. And I uh, would say that was something that, you know, I think we said or we had talked about and heard that the um, run, de- our run defense might be worrisome because you lost um, Zadarius Smith, but you also lost Dalvin Tomlinson, who I know you didn't love him, Hayes, but he was a good uh, middle defensive lineman. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, that's fan. I mean, I didn't know they rushed it 33 times. Yeah, I don't I don't even know how. But and it was, I think you had said it was like for 70 something yards. Yeah, I think it was 33 carries for like 76 yards or something yeah. like that. Yeah, no, really good run defense, really good overall defense. Um, and you don't turn the ball over one or yeah, if you eliminate one of your red zone turnovers, you win that game 100%. So that's that's one turnover is the difference of a win and a loss. So yeah, I think there is more silver linings as we sit, or at least, you know, we can at least just change our, uh, convince ourselves that it's not as bad as, uh, as it was. Yeah, exactly. But I will also say, and I'll, I'll, we'll talk about this in this episode, but the Eagles didn't necessarily play a great game against the Patriots. They didn't, no. And I know the Patriots is a, are a very good defensive team. Um, and it was in New England. So I think Philadelphia is going to come, you know, pretty hot with it being their home opener. But, um, you know, there I think there were, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it later. But they weren't as, I, they were up 16 nothing early. But if you look at it, it's because it was a pick six. And then the Patriots fumbled it on the very first possession and the Eagles worked with a short field to go up 16, nothing. And then they missed the extra point. Um, and then they kicked three field goals for the rest of the three quarters to win by a score or a little more than a score. So I don't know. They're beatable. They're definitely beatable. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but Okay. <clears throat> get into our normal routine, our new normal routine. So um, 
kind of first start with what are our expectations for Thursday night football in Philadelphia week two? Andrew, let's start with you. Um, expectations is a win. Um, I don't think there's, I mean, Philadelphia is still really good, but like you said, they look beatable and they have two of their better defenders or people on defense are out. Nicobe Dean went on the IL and uh, James Bradbury, their corner is out. I'm pretty sure or at least doubtful and Fletcher Cox is questionable. So I didn't know any of this. So this is helpful information. These would all be huge additions, or not additions, but it would help majorly to an offense that kind of had its struggles. Um, but a little interesting stat, the Vikings since 2000 have had nine 0-2 starts and only one playoff appearance from it and have had eight 1-1 starts and six playoff appearances from it. So, so you're saying you're saying we have to win Thursday. Yes, it is uh critical that we win. But I do I do think um even if we don't win, I do think it will be close because like you guys talked about early on in the podcast, we are better than what we were on Sunday. Or at least I mean, even like we played better than what the score was. Um yeah. like the, the turnovers were t- terrible and some of the flags were super costly. Um and so as long as you clean those up, not saying they will, but if you could have the turn- turnover differential be even or even um, minus one or plus one would be huge. Plus, yeah, I think um, Vikings defense definitely looked better, but it'll be interesting because Eagles offense is like 10 times better than the Bucks. Yeah. So I would say Eagles and Bucks defenses are most likely pretty similar. Um, okay, they that's have good, good to know. Corners, good um, I actually think the Bucks defense has more players, but um, Eagles defense does have a really good line. All right. And my expectation is uh, Ed Ingram dies at halftime. Like he gets killed or? Yes. Hard All attack. Right. I did. Uh, I'm always curious to see if people are as sick as me and uh, have that interest of commenting on football players' social media pages. And sure enough, someone commented on Ed Ingram. It's just right to the point, you effing suck. Yep. Well, did you see what I sent in the group chat? <laughs> it was an interview with him, and he said that. He's like, yeah, I thought I played well. No. Did you send this recently? Yeah, I sent it yesterday. I did not see this. I didn't see this either. I, I did. Yeah. You sent it to the Vikings podcast or uh, the Minnesota sports one? Minnesota sports. But listen. Uh, I feel like I played pretty well. Um, I kind of uh, had some slight mistakes, uh, but better than that, uh, I like my performance. Some slight mistakes, like punching his quarterback's football out of his hands and causing a fumble. <laughs> Or being the only one to to allow pressures on Kirk Cousins, he was the one that that had the lo- minus the you know out of the two sacks there was the the blitz that you know we just didn't have an extra guy an extra guy to send, and then his the second sack was Ingram getting beat. I think so it was the first right guard also, to have two sacks and a forced fumble in the first half. Um, did you also see his his uh, PFF grade was forty? Yeah. How is that pretty well? 40, and for those who don't know, 40 out of 100. And a good, you know, a good PFF, I'd say is, you know, high 70s and the 80s typically. So 40, half, half of what a good one is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What I need to see is you got to come out firing. Like Andrew said. Are these your expectations? Yeah, these are my expectations. Um, like I said, I want to see it. Uh, That's different. I, 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 like like Andrew said, they're going to be without James Bradbury. They're going to be without Nicobe Dean. There's a chance Fletcher Cox doesn't play. There's a chance their starting safety doesn't play. So they could be without four defensive starters, um, which is going to be big. So what I need to see is what Kevin O'Connell did not show last week, which was taking deep shots at all. If it's a banged up secondary, find a way to get Cousins some time to get get the ball deep down the field. 
Um, so I want to see more deep shots. I'd like to see Cousins moving outside the pocket a little more. Um, that would that's what I want to see. No, that's a that's a good point because again, and I think you know we're being I'm being aggressive here, but if KOC is this offensive mastermind, you it's not like you don't know what the problem is. The problem is Kirk doesn't have enough time and um if you give him time he can make the throw he is a exceptional quarterback um he rarely comes from this whole thing that's about 12 personnel which means we're going to have 11 guys on the field but they're going to be able to act like they're 12 and i don't know if he how much he was running that last week but i believe that's i know it's i know it's having two tight ends on the field Mm -hmm. you have a good blocking tight end in oliver Hawkinson is competent enough to set up a block. Madison yep. can set up a block. Just scheme up some things to give Kirk a little more time. Yes. Help out Ed Ingram a little bit because he needs the help. Yep. Yeah. And like Andrew mentioned, you the, it sounds like the Eagles' defense is similar to the Buccaneers. So they're going to bring pressure. You need to just prepare for that. It's what they did, and it's how they beat us last year. Um, and I would imagine it's what they are going to do and how they will beat us on Thursday if if they bring pressure that we're not prepared for or that or that we you know don't yeah that we don't plan for so um and I like how you kind yeah. of talked about Kevin O'Connell and his, his he's got to switch up the scheme a little bit you know he it's you're no longer the rookie head coach you know Ed Ingram you're no longer the rookie right guard you guys have now played almost 20 games in the NFL Yep. So at this point, I think this roster is a top five. I think this offense is a top five roster on paper. You look at this we, and you say, this should be a top five offense. Agreed. And we talked about it at the beginning of the season. Yeah, the inconsistency throughout the Kevin O'Connell era, and I've talked about it before, it's not showing a top five offense. You can't have the amount of – they had five three and outs on Sunday against the Bucks. two coming in your last two drives. You can't be as inconsistent as the Vikings seem to be offensively dating back to last year if you want to be a top five offense and that's what they always are claiming yeah but the inconsistency is the piece so this week what i need to see is a score in every single quarter that's my second oh okay all right a second expectation i don't know but that's what i'd like yeah hey there's no there's no rules here it's very you know nonchalant um very loose but i think those are very fair and very realistic expectations um and you make a really good point that yeah koc is now entering his second year he has expectations your offense you're an offensive coach improved the line Mm -hmm. did not but you're also saying i trust the line so in that case it has to improve if you're willing to say um we trust the people that are on this roster to make us better then then it has to be better they can't be worse and you can't be surprised and you have to get the the heat um if the line continues to suck and they were they said they trusted ed ingram by not going to get anyone else and yeah well i i can't imagine if if he plays as bad as he did against tampa that he lasts the first month i can't imagine because at that point then it is 20 regular season games of below average play not even average below average i believe he was the worst ranked he's a right guard correct yep he was the worst ranked right guard in all of football last year correct correct and and i understand he's a rookie but he's also a high enough draft pick he was a second round draft pick yeah coming from a from he's not and he's not playing he wasn't playing in a good school lsu he was at lsu he was playing against competent who were nfl players you know he played georgia has been producing defensive players for years he was playing georgia sometime during that season he couldn't have sucked as much as he did at lsu as he does with the vikings so he's just there's something he's got there's just something's got to change and him being him claiming that he's a competent right guard makes you despise him even more because i'll have to andrew i'll have to look at the text or just find it myself because i i would have definitely loved to see ingram speaking nonsense because i'll have to share it in in my uh Eau Claire Vikings chat as well because they also hate Ed Ingram with a passion. I don't know anyone yep. who likes him to be honest. No one does. Enormous Ed. Enormous Ed. Yep. Um, my expectations, to be honest, going into this podcast here, I, I was very 
um, not confident, but you guys are stealing some confidence in, in me. So I, I'm going to alter a little bit. Um, but, you know, you kind of embarrassed yourself last year on Monday night football against this team in week two in Philadelphia. And you played a really good first game last year. So the confidence is not super high considering you played a terrible first game this year and you're in the exact same situation, except it's Thursday versus Monday night. Um, but with that being said, <clears throat> and correct me if I'm wrong, KOC has not coached back-to-back bad games yet in his, in his very young career. He has not had two games in a row. They have still yet to play a complete game that yeah, has yet to come. Yeah. Um, but he has not coached terrible games back to back. And I would say this would be a, not a good opportunity to, uh, to add that to his, I don't, I, I don't expect to see back to back bad play calling games by Kevin O'Connell. Cause it hasn't happened yet. And I feel like he is pretty good at adjusting. Yeah. And, um, and we're but, all saying O'Connell's going to have to adjust. Flores is going to have to adjust not only, not only Thursday, but these next several games where you're facing good offenses, the chargers just put up 30 plus the chiefs are the chiefs, the Eagles are the Eagles. So it's just, you're going to have some games against good quarterbacks. So Flores played really well. And I think the defense is, is heading in the right direction. So just keep that good mojo going against mm -hmm. a good offense. Week one, the defense did what we said you needed to do to win games, which is he said, if, if the defense can hold teams under 23 points, I believe is what we kind of all agreed on as like a magic number. That's good enough to win. I'd say most games and they did that and we lost. So yeah. kind of same thing here. If you can hold the Eagles, I said under 25 points, I think that gives you enough offensively um, or that gives you enough to, you know, win the game. I think you should, as this offense being a top five offense, put up, 26 or more points, which is good enough to win. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think one the other thing, thing – go ahead. One thing the defense has to clean up is tackling. I thought the tackling was absolutely putrid last week. I know last year we were better at tackling, or like we were top top in the league at tackling, however they measure it. I don't know. Um, but I think you kind of saw that it is a very young team, which I, I'm still happy about because, I mean, I couldn't watch any more slow players play but the tackling you saw josh mentellis miss a sack um got to baker super fast baker flipped it to rashad white for like a 10-yard yeah. gain yeah. we saw ivan pace ease up on a hit that would have saved a saved a first down for tampa um and you saw that wintley guy practice squad no wonder you're on the practice squad buddy just make the tackle like it was all just things where like it's you're getting to the quarterback you're getting I mean, we had yeah finished plays. Yeah, fifty percent blitz rate. Yet you had one sack on one where it was only four guys rushing. So like, yep. the the scheme is there. It's still the players that got to execute, especially yeah. Yes. So much talk about Metellus, and I I mean he had his moments, but there's a lot of missed opportunities that he could have really helped with. Same with Ivan Pace, but I think that will come over the course of the season. But mm -hmm. with the offense like you have to be able to tackle agree yeah, i think it also goes into like you said young players with the ivan pace play there at the end we all get pissed initially because it's like oh just make the play but in his mind he's probably like i can't hit this guy too hard he's a quarterback i'll get flagged 15 yards games over so he kind of he hesitates a little bit decides mm -hmm. oh and then I, I bet he ends up regretting that i bet he's like oh i'll just have to next time i gotta hit him hard yeah um, with those young guys it's so nervous about getting penalties too so that's why I think maybe they'll ease up. I think now week two, coasters are like, just just get the tackle. Just make the hit. Yeah. You're penalized. No, They'd rather see you get penalized on a big hit than on just being weak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's a really good point. Um, the only other thing I'll quick add to expectations, um, and then we can go into sort of like some of our more concerns for this matchup, is uh, I think you can expect the Eagles – to score on their opening drive. They were the best at it last year. Their first drive this season, they went seven minutes, uh, 75 yards, but it only ended in a field goal. So you held them to a field goal. So with that being said, I think if you can hold the Eagles to three points on their first drive, 
that within itself is a win, no matter where they start, how far they, how much time they take up. Um, if you can hold the, the, the best team in the NFL on their opening drive to three points, that's going to be huge. Or, and even if they do score seven, just keep in mind that like, that is just what they're known for. The other, the second best team uh, that was at uh, scoring points on the opening drive were the Chicago bears last year. So, uh, just keep in mind that I would expect that they will go out, especially being their home opener, hard and aggressive and probably going to put up points and to just not, you know, not collapse if you're down seven, nothing, seven minutes into the first quarter. So um, that's just one thing that I, that I wanted to, to point at. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah. And then I guess some concerns, we kind of started talking about it. Hayes made a good point, but I think being out coached is a concern. Um, I think KLC, you know, had a bad coaching game against the Eagles last year, was not good in week one. This year, I thought Flores second half coaching, he got out coached because they just figured out how to beat the blitz and, you know, my fear is that the defense will kind of be similar to the Eagles. Maybe you hold them to 10 points in the first half, but then all of a sudden they figure it out in the second half and, you know, end up putting up 30 for the game. Um, so that is something that I will be curious to see because I mean, Flores is a smart coach that has been in the league for a while. He should not be out coached by Nick Sirianni. Um, right now, no. is it? Yeah. I think something like that. No, I, he, he, he was the best hire of the offseason for any team. You know, you, you took a guy who could have been a head coach somewhere and brought him over as your defensive coordinator. He's one of the better defensive minds. So, yeah, it, it was embarrassing in the second half last week. So I like the getting out coach is definitely um, a nerve-wracking nerve thing. I said just the offensive line in general. Mm-hmm. They, they couldn't seem to block to save their life last week, and now you're facing another really good Eagles pass rush. Another yep. team that likes to blitz a lot. So yep. I think it rolls into the scheme of how will Kevin O'Connell scheme up giving Kirk some time? Because you know, you just notice it's Kirk prime time. That's hard enough. You get yep. him under pressure. That's just that's the whole joke of it all is the stereotype of Kirk Cousins under pressure, prime time on the road. He'll probably throw two picks, have so a passer. Like so 10. help him. <laughs> so help him, exactly. So scheme for him. And that's where it goes into coaching. Kevin O'Connell has to be sitting down constantly planning. And I think it also falls on cousins. People forget that he does the little Tuesday off day. He wasn't at the building today. It's a short week. You're coming off a loss. It's just, come on. Like I, I get you. Do you want to do your Tuesday off day, but on a short week, you're still doing your Tuesday off day. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. Like, are you sure he wasn't there today? He does his Tuesday off day. He doesn't change it for anything. Yeah. But I'm almost positive. He had a, uh, he was there. Uh, maybe i guess I, I i just from history it's he always does that tuesday off day yeah no he was there today well that's great then he finally is switching it around yeah i was trying to see if i could see anything i just thought he did comment on rogers season-ending injury today so Oh, yeah, look at that. Nice. Good job, Andrew. Andrew showing video. Oh, there will be no trash-talking Kirk Cousins for that. Um, Andrew, but no, you're uh, concern you might have for Thursday. Um, yeah, I would agree. I'm sure there's a lot, but. Yeah, the coaching, I think, is a good, a good one to talk about because O'Connell went three and out five times last week, um, which is – absolutely putrid they went 55 three and outs last year as well so it's definitely a cause for concern um i think also in that second half you saw a team um be the buccaneers that played like a really good second half where they made adjustments and they figured out exactly how to counter what the vikings were doing on defense especially because they just started going quick game and um yeah it was working yeah the runs weren't getting them much but baker mayfield would I mean, if you look at his spray chart, which is like where he threw the ball and the completions and everything, there's like majority of them were like behind the line of scrimmage. Um, So you do those and O'Connell tried to do the same thing, but a tight end screen four times isn't going to work. 
so no, I would say coaching is a huge issue. Offensive line is obviously a huge issue. Darius uh, questionable, I believe, and Bradbury doesn't look like he'll play. Um, and you're still sticking with Ed Ingram. Um, I think Darius should play. Yeah, I don't see him not playing, especially since he finished Sunday. Um, but not he's been limited. I think the first two days or something like that. Yeah. But no, coaching is going to be a huge one, especially. I think they do have the advantage of. I mean, you have a bad loss, and four days later you go to go play again. I mean, it's obviously a tough situation to go to, mm-hmm. but it's still an opportunity to just completely change the outlook of the season. Cause I mean, even still now, like that was a must win game. Like the, the big, the opening schedule is terrible. Like the middle, the middle to the late later on doesn't look too bad, but still yeah. you, you start and three. You don't yeah. want that. No, you're, you start and two, you start one and two, like those are still bad. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be super important to, yeah, have Kirk play well. I mean, change the narrative. He he played good last week. Um, and one I, thing I want to see is KJ Osborne off the field and Jordan Addison on the field because Jordan Addison played 50% of the snaps. And I think KJ played quite a bit more. KJ Osborne had the ball ripped from him. Like, yeah, it was, a, it was behind him, but a good wide receiver is making that catch on the interception. Or at the um, bare minimum, holding holding the or, or or knocking the ball out of the defender's hand. At the bare minimum, that's an incomplete pass. So yeah. that's frustrating. I mean, it's like obviously it's not as bad. That's like when Ole B. C. Johnson was starting over Jefferson in his rookie season. Like just because he's a rookie doesn't mean he can't play the majority of the game, especially when he's just so much more talented than KJ Osborne. I'm sure KJ Osborne is a great person, yeah. good wide receiver three, but yeah. you have to play your you have to play your studs and feed your studs. Mm-hmm. And that, I think we didn't really mention that. We kind of mentioned it in the last game. <clears throat> I don't really know where it would fall. But you can't have Jefferson disappear for an entire half. You, and, and that comment that you just said, Andrew, feed your studs, is what made me think of it. I believe most of his receiving yards, and he only had 48 of them last year against the Eagles, most of them were in either the first or the second half. Like it wasn't, it was very similar situation where if he shut down, it's because, you know, he's gone for an entire half and it's not have anything to do with Jefferson. It's the fact that all of a sudden we're done crafting plays to get Jefferson the ball. Uh, I think it's also falls on Kirk too. Sure. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that's mainly where Kirk can get blame for Tampa's loss is there was one play specifically, and it was a third down play. If he waited, and I don't remember if he had enough time, but if he waited for half of a second longer, yep. Jefferson's open for about 25 yards in the first down. Yeah. And, and um, the, the, the sacks were horrible and the being under pressure sucks, but his inability to sense the pressure is really frustrating. And is he, he is a quarterback who, if he gets hit, he fumbles. He just, he cannot yeah. seem to, it's been his, been his entire career. And you saw that with the Antoine Winfield thing. I get it. He's an, it's an unblocked safety coming up the middle. You got to be able to sense that a little bit to tuck that ball. And, so and I will that say was the he, biggest play of the game. Yeah. And I will say Kirk has actually improved that part of his game significantly since his time being with the Vikings. And I think today we mentioned it earlier showcased people who have not played against who have not played in the NFL for however many months, eight months, so what, or, or yeah, nine months. Like it, it shows the, you do maybe need to play a drive or two of preseason to remember what it's like to play football. Like, I think this, I think sensing pressure is something Kirk will kind of adapt to throughout the season. Cause he has improved on it. And, and on Sunday, it's just showed that, he's rusty and he was not prepared to actually see pressure because, you know, he wasn't really given any pressure since January. Yeah. And I get the, that, that's, yeah, I think that's both players and coaches. You're, you're a vet in the NFL. You just kind of tell the coach, Hey, I'd like, I need some snaps in preseason. I need yeah. to get some playtime in preseason. And it's a coach giving him that it, it, I know it worked the first year, the, the not playing at all in preseason, but clearly it mm-hmm. didn't, this year so and i would even argue and i don't like it. i mean I think it worked like it. amazing because i think 
you know, part like obviously we played good against the Packers, but I, I bet part of the reason we played so bad against the Eagles is because we weren't really ready for a competitive, uh, fast paced team. You know, yeah. the Packers were fine last year. The Eagles were amazing and we weren't, we weren't caught up to speed to, uh, to play them. It takes a couple weeks to really get back in the swing of things. Yeah. Um, this is good. This is good stuff. But obviously we want to keep moving here so we don't keep it too long of an episode. I'm sure Andrew has to, you know, go to sleep or something. So no. My prediction, I've a good chunk of time. No, we're not there yet, bud. We're not there yet, bud. We're not there yet, bud. We're not at predictions. Who do you expect to have a big game on Thursday? Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with cousins. Same, me too, Hayes. I got um, Kirk as well. You, you just, you have to. Uh, you, you, again, it's a contract year. You're now 35 years old, or 34, or however old he is. He's been in the league for 13 years. Mm-hmm. I cannot keep, and I'm not one that really protects him very much. I've had my moments with Kirk where I'm on his little train and I'm on the Kirk bus or whatever you want to call it. Kirk right Stan. now, I'm off. Yeah, I'm not a Kirk stand right now. Um, and I've I don't been think in- you have been for a while. I it's there have been times, but after the week one performance, I I am not. And Were you a Kirk stand during quarterback? I was. I was really hoping that Kirk could come out this year, and come out week one and have a have a great game. Um, I I would say he had a good game. I don't think he was really bad. I would say he had a sub average to him his type of performance game. You look at the stats, okay, he threw for 350 yards, two touchdowns a pick. That's that's not bad. You watch him, wow, he was clearly rusty. He clearly was unprepared. And in the biggest drives, like we've said before with Kirk, in the big moments, he did not produce. You had yeah. two big drives, and he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't make it happen. Half so, of that, though, I would say is on the play calling. What are you supposed to do when you throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage to TJ Hawkinson? How do we know that's a designed drives? How do we know that's a design screen? Would that be like Cousins it. doing his check down? His he just oh I'm just gonna check it down. It was too quick. It was too quick, and there wasn't enough pressure yet. I hey, thought. Hey Kirk, use your voice, buddy. Yeah, no, you I are the quarterback of the team. You have the power to audible it if you don't think that's a yep. good call. No, that's fair. That's a good point. Yeah. Um. So no, I need to see Kirk. That's your breakout player. Mine sucked last week. Hawkinson was terrible. Never gonna <laughs> say he's gonna be a breakout player again um Hayes I'll I'll bounce right off of you and then we'll hear from Andrew but I also have Kirk mainly because his last two primetime games he threw for 300 yards and three tutties uh both against the Giants on Christmas Eve and then the Patriots on Thanksgiving and I predict or I'm going I'm I'm just going to you know put my confidence in Kirk to do it again in Philly uh so once we get to predictions you'll see but i i definitely see kirk having a big game mac jones threw the ball 55 times in like bad weather conditions in new england so if kirk can throw it for you know four i mean he threw it 44 times against tampa bay but if he can throw it for 45 plus times i see that being more beneficial than you know hurting yeah. so yeah i see kirk having a big game andrew I have Jordan Addison having a big game. He was my second one. I was debating between him and Kirk. I like Kirk. I mean, they probably correspond with each other. Um, but I think if you saw what Addison could do when he was on the field, and so I think obviously expectation would be he's on the field more this week. Um, but, I mean, the touchdown, and it just seemed like, I don't know, It's it feels like, that's just not a play you're going to see from Thielen or Osborne on nope. that touchdown. Did um, you did you see Thielen's final stat line in his Panther debut? I feel bad, but it's just it's more just the fact that he is kind of blind to where he's at in his career, which is very common for NFL players or players in general. But one catch for twelve yards. Yeah. Yeah, and Cook was like twelve for thirty three yards. Kendricks yeah. was like had like five tackles or something. I don't know. I mean, just shows that. Uh, uh, anyways, um, Darius Smith, I think, had one tackle. Yeah. I don't think he had any pressures. 
no, it was definitely the right move to move on from those older gentlemen. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I would say hopefully Addison looks like a 1B to Jefferson, um, which is what you need. You need someone to take off that attention because mm-hmm. every team will exploit your offense when it's literally just Justin Jefferson. I mean, that's why you signed Hawkinson. You need Hawkinson to step up. Um, I think what Hawkinson's really good at is working in the middle of the field, and you saw literally none of that last week. No. So I think it was one play. There was one play where he picked up a first down, worked the middle of the field, <clears throat> and I think that was like a 12 or 13-yard reception. Otherwise, it's all just short stuff, which is like, I mean, it's whatever. It's just not going to break big every time. And it didn't break big at all. Um, And that uh, you, you bring a good point, too. If people are double teaming Jefferson and they're bringing p- pressure, you have definitely a guy either like Addison or Hawkinson that are wide open. Yeah. Figure out how to create plays where you can find those people when you know pressure is being brought and you know two people are going to be on Justin Jefferson. Like that is the issue. So find a solution to it. Yep. I think it'd be way harder if we're like, man, how are we losing these games? Like we're doing everything right. The play calling's fantastic. We're scoring points. Like it'd be way harder to be confused as to why we're not winning when right now we know what the, the problem is like you're just not giving you're you're not finding your superstar and you're not giving kirk enough time to find open players no yeah um real quick who do we or what do we expect to struggle i mean we kind of mentioned it with with fearful concerns and maybe we'll we'll nag cut this part out in the future but um for thursday is there someone specific or uh, part of this team that you expect to struggle on Thursday? Ed Ingram. Uh, and I will say Ed Ingram until he shows me that he doesn't, that he, that he can be competent. He, the ball is snapped. Ed Ingram actually takes 20 steps back Maybe. and then allows the defender to come towards him. He's just, he's not a smart lineman and he's not good. And, and clearly he's not smart if he thought he played well. He he, yeah. <laughs> so that's, it's insane. I, I, I don't, I don't know what to say about Ed anymore. You've been in the league 20 games now you've gotten the flow of it. And it also, I think falls on, on the front office for not noticing that how big of a, of a hole he has in the offensive line and not filling it. Yep. Yeah. So that falls right. on crazy who is now in his second year as GM and has had didn't had didn't fill the holes needed this offseason and it's kind of yeah. showing in that first game and so far his draft class we'll see about addison has is potential Sucks. potential bust worthy i mean did lewis seen play at all yeah he played once and he cost us the timeout because he didn't know where he had to be on the field at first when he was running off and we called timeout i was like genius good job clearly you have 12 men on the field nice i then counted he was jogging off and there'd be 10 guys on the field so Scene just had no idea where to be. I don't think Andrew Booth Jr. played at all. Uh, and that's your one and your two from just last year. Or first and your second round from just last year. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I expect the run game to struggle. Um, the Patriots struggled against the Eagles running the football on Sunday. Um, they only had about less than a three and a half yard average on, on 23 attempts. We obviously were pretty terrible against the Bucks on Sunday. And, uh, you know, last year was the only thing to really base it off of, but our run defense, we completely moved away from in the second half because it was so bad in the first half. So I don't have high expectations for, uh, our, our, run offense against the Eagles, which, you know, I don't think you, you, you can't go away from, but, um, you know, you just have to be creative and good, much better in the past because I, I would expect the run deep, the, the run offense to not be exceptional, um, or even really good on, on Thursday. Yeah. I, I would say, um, I think the defense will struggle. Um, obviously, 
Philly has a really good offense um, with Jalen Hurts. Their O-line's super good, and they have Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown um, and some decent running backs. I mean, nothing special, but guys that can get the job done. I think you saw last year during that Philly game, we were like, we know what's going to happen. Um, so I do think Flores will be able to make adjustments and be able to counter it. But I just – I'm still nervous about Jalen Hurts being able to exploit the defense. Yeah. Honestly, especially the pass rush. Like, the pass rush looked terrible last week. They were not getting home, which is one thing you kind of need. Um, I thought our corners were honestly one of the better parts of the defense. I saw – I remember seeing it live and then I watched the highlights again uh, yesterday, but the Makai Blackman uh, breakup deep to Evans, I think on third down was a really, really good play uh, or really good defensive play by him. And I thought Caleb Evans played really good uh, defensively um, breaking with, with some pass breakup. So I would, I would agree with you that the corners that we thought were going to be the biggest concern probably was one of the, best parts of the defense um on sunday so already hayes's favorite time prediction time hayes we'll start with you we'll do the same thing we'll just say one go around two three and then obviously final score prediction and then close her out this is a solid episode uh i got a first drive justin jefferson touchdown so the first time the vikings get the ball jefferson gets it in the end zone uh he didn't have a he didn't have a score week one. And I think he might have even predicted himself to have one. He said something about he was going to introduce a new dance week one. Oh, uh, I don't remember interest, seeing any new dance. So I think the new dance will show up Thursday night. Scheme up something for him on the first drive. Please, yeah, anything. All right, Andrew, what do you got? Um, I have Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison both getting a touchdown in the game. Uh, Jefferson's first of the year and then Addison's second. But I I like what Hayes talked about, about that first drive. I mean, take the ball if you win the toss and just uh, – he was – O'Connell was good at it last year and we haven't seen it yet, obviously one game in. But yeah. what he was really good at was just um, driving down that field the first drive and scoring, usually a touchdown. And a big part of that is obviously Jefferson. I mean, you saw it so many times. You saw it in the opener against Green Bay. Um, but I think that would give us a lot of momentum, especially in like a, such a hostile environment um, that would get the boys going and hopefully then can try to stay consistent for the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. Definitely will, would set the tone. Um, and I, I think <clears throat> the Vikings offense was uh, top five in opening, uh, opening drive scores uh, oh, last season. So, um, cause I was looking at those numbers today. Cause I, I remember hearing that the Eagles were really good at that. And then obviously their first drive against the Patriots was, even though they only scored three was a very good opening drive. Um, I mentioned it earlier with my Kirk, uh, big game prediction, but I, I predict Kirk to throw for over 350 yards and three touchdowns. So um, I believe he was over 350 or close to it against the Bucks and had two scores, but I think he'll go over 350 with three scores against this Eagles defense. And I didn't know anything about their secondary, so I'm really hoping this prediction comes true, considering that their secondary might be a little bit more beat up than originally I had thought. Yeah, that's a good prediction. Thank I you. I have a, a clean game from the offense, so combining penalties and turnovers it'll be two or less okay so two or fewer penalties and turnovers yep all right so if ed ingram has so two you're putting starts, a lot of, the the of the an enormous a all right uh andrew I think the Vikings will force two turnovers against the Eagles offense. You saw none last week, and that was a big reason why um, we lost because the turnover differential was just three to zero. You can't let that happen. Um, but I think two fumbles, two interceptions, fumble and interception. I just, I see it coming. 
So what happens if the Eagles fumble a punt return? Uh, count it. Hayes, do we count it? Punt return fumble? No, because he said the Eagles offense. Yeah, he did. He did. I know. That's why I'm asking the question. So no, no that would special. be the Eagles special. Team. Do you want to change it, Andrew? Do you just want to predict Vikings to uh, get two turnovers? No, I want to keep it the same. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, my I have a defense prediction as well. I just predict that they'll get their first turnover of the season, but I'll be a little bit more specific. It will come in the first half. Okay. So second half doesn't count. Um, but I'm just for just because they had none yesterday, and I think we either had or on Sunday, and we had one or none against the Eagles last year. So um, I'm predicting one, but in the first half. I'll keep Hayes. it on the defense. Three sacks. Vikings defense records three sacks. Or more, three or more. Three plus. Not three exactly, three plus. That's bold. Good save, Declan. <laughs> Hayes is the Declan. He is. He is. Sadly, I know. I'm yeah. I know. I know. It's It's fine. I can embrace it. And you're Judd because you're a little autistic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but sometimes I watch Score North and like the way Phil talks is like kind of how you talk. No, I, I know. Phil is definitely the co or the, the host and, and embrace it. And Andrew, go a, pick up a dirty old blanket and wave it above your head. And he's a thousand percent Declan. Just without, there's some things I'm like, this is something Hayes would say. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Why not? Uh, Andrew, what's your last prediction? TJ Hawkinson will go over a hundred yards. Um, I think obviously last week was pretty disappointing, but I also think some of that was just the plays that were being called designed for him. Um, but last week the Eagles were the worst team against tight ends. Oh. Uh, so I feel a huge game coming from TJ, who will just uh have a little uh Hangover. Fire in his belly. Yeah, he'll he'll take the bus to work and have a little fire in his gut. Yeah, no dude, that's honestly my favorite video. It's so gross. If you haven't seen it, you'll have to watch. Uh, who is who? What is his name? Jonathan Gannon, former defensive coordinator for the Eagles. Oh, okay. And now, uh, Arizona Cardinals head coach, and he just has a very very cringe classroom hype up speech for uh for the cardinals so look it up gross um my final prediction i am predicting the first touchdown from josh oliver on thursday we used him nicely i could see you know a little play action uh rollout screen dump off to oliver within the 15 um he already has better offensive numbers in a single game as a Viking than he did his entire first season with the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. He had three catches for, I think, like 18 yards with the Jags. And currently he sits at three and 35 with us. So, wow. Um, yeah. So Josh Oliver, first Viking touchdown will occur nice. on Thursday, is my final prediction. Um, nice. All right. Last. And least, uh, no, not least, but just last, the Vikings final score prediction. So I'll start because originally I had this marked down as a loss, but as we talked, I got probably maybe a little bit of blind um, optimism here um, and bias, but I am now predicting. Originally I had us losing 28 to, no, I had us losing, yeah, 27 to 17. So a two score loss. I'm now saying we win 30 to 24. So back to that one score win, but we put up 30, the offense clicks, the defense does its job. We beat the Eagles 30 to 24. Beautiful. Um, I have the Vikings also winning 24 to 23, maybe a little Greg Joseph, a game winning field goal. Who knows? We'll see. Um, But I think last year when I remember doing the preview for the Eagles, we were so optimistic about it that it was almost like a trap game like we were coming off just this high of a opener but now it's like a I mean hopefully O'Connell's yelling at 
some of them to you know actually go out there and try um but no I could see us definitely winning this game I think the Eagles are still a super good team and obviously it's not at our advantage that we're away on prime time um but I also do have confidence in this team to at least compete with the Eagles and I mean if you're close then you give yourself a chance to win but you can't have a repeat of what happened last year no no definitely not no um I've been fairly confident heading into this game and growing in confidence was just the Eagles injury report and I think I have to have a little bit of trust in in in, in O'Connell's uh scheme and Flores's scheme so I have a win to 28 27 close game um you just it's so important to not start on to because yep. of the statistic Andrew gave and just with the schedule use that still remains this is the opportunity they the, they have a banged up secondary if you just just give Kirk some time and I truly think he can play really well agreed Five agreed all right I love it we got three wins um yeah, I mean, and I think we are realistic in the sense that, you know, it it's very foreseeable that we could potentially start 0-2. With that being said, that doesn't mean the season's over. It just means that the hill is harder to climb. It's not over. Um, that I always I always like the phrase misery loves company. The Chiefs are we're in the same record as the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, which are arguably the three best teams in all of football. I mean, they're the three best teams in the AFC. And I think some people obviously would say they're the three best teams in, in the NFL. Um, you so, know, the Seahawks in the group of losing a game they should have won. They lost at home against the Rams. They should have won that game. That's it. Yeah, that's another good one. Um, so look good, though. No, the Bills don't look I think the Bills missed the playoffs, to be honest with you. That's going to be my hot take. Bills missed the playoffs. Ooh, he, he continues the uh, – isn't there a Madden cover curse? Don't they say, like, once you go on the Madden cover, like, you have either a really bad following season or maybe even your career's done? Peyton Hillis of the Browns. Yeah, but I think Mahomes has broke Mahomes it. Broke it. Oh, that's right. That's right. But I feel like Mahomes is also an exceptional – like, he's just – he's an outlier in every regard. That is true. But, all right, very good, solid episode. Um, I will try and get this posted tonight, possibly, but, um, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling ready for Thursday. Oh, where are you guys watching it? At home. Andrew, you going there? You want to ride together? I'm going to go. Yeah. I just have to, uh, actually, no, 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 I won't. Cause I'll just go straight from practice there. So never mind. Don't worry about it. Okay. Don't worry about it. I wasn't. You're the one that asked me. Don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. All right. This is Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. Skull bike skull.